You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast. Comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. Dead dog in the alley. Tire tread on burst stomach. This city has seen my face and it's afraid. Herm. <laughs> I should have looked that up because I just now thought of doing that. And I don't know if I did it correctly, but I tried. My name is Jordan Lee. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Who podcasts the podcasters? Mm. We need a podcast about our podcast. <laughs> what are we doing? We uh, it's, we've been off a little bit. We're rusty. Yeah, yeah. It's been four weeks since we actually recorded anything. <laughs> so we got through Halloween. We're all still here. Good. And uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we weren't murdered on Halloween. Yeah, we didn't get night. murdered. We survived. We didn't hang out in these cemeteries. Um, but we watched a lot of television. Yeah. Oh, the Lord. What the hell is a sticky maple? Run, Barry, run! That's what I do. I drink, and I know things. Go get him, Supergirl. Well, what's this guy look like, anyway? Oh, he's a little guy, kind of funny looking. Uh-huh. In what way? Oh, just in a general kind of way. Exterminate! Little pig, little pig! Let me in! These violent delights have violent ends. That's what she said. Movie. So, headline. I I believe I sent a message that we we were witnessing the. And this goes on the box. The Kapow quote that will go on the Watchmen Blu-ray, 4K release, season one. The peakiest of peak TV. <laughs> there you go, Lindelof. Slap it right. You can have it. Ah. <laughs> uh, we're loving it. So that's our review. <laughs> I, yeah. We're done. No, I was, uh, when it came to HBO, we were like, man, what am I going to, Gemstones is over. What am I going to watch now? I knew it was coming out. I knew watch was coming out, but I, I, I just had not let myself think about it, you know, consider whether it was going to be good or not. I love, I mean, I liked Lost. I love the leftovers Lindelof did. Mm-hmm. I know you guys didn't watch it. This has actually has a, little, a leftovers feel to it, um, but this—I I honestly didn't care. Yeah, I love Watchmen. I've oh, read yeah. it a dozen times. I adore it. The movie's fine. The before Watchmen stuff is <coughs> fine. Doomsday Clock is fine. Like I'm not against it. Yeah, but I was like, I whatever. What are they even gonna do? They're not adapting the main thing. They're doing a new story that the costumes look a little funky. Yeah. And I was like, I, all right, I'll watch it. Mm-hmm. But I had zero expectations. Yeah, I, I didn't. I don't think most of us had any clue what it was really going to be. No. Uh, and and yeah. good on them. Yeah. And if it had been terrible, it wouldn't have. I've just. Yeah. I probably still would have right. watched it. I wouldn't have been super disappointed because <laughs> but, I was yeah, just who like, cares? What, had no expectations. But. Yeah, right. so if you haven't watched it. Um, which we assume most of you have by now, but in case you don't have HBO, this is a direct sequel to the Watchmen comic. This is not a sequel to the movie, um, but this is running but thirty pl- years after the of comic. Homage to the movie, yeah. yeah, there is. There's some good stuff in there, and and I fr- I like the movie. Like, <clears throat> it's got its good points. Yeah, it's not you know. It's, it's not of, a direct it's, of its time. Ad, yeah, right. It's not a direct adaptation, but when it comes to Zack Snyder, that's probably the best thing I yeah. think that he's he's really done. And I don't know that this show exists without that movie. Right. Like the movie made it more mainstream. Yeah. Love it or hate it, more people know about it because there's a movie. Mm-hmm. Yep. So break it down for us, Jordan. Watchmen's Herm. here to say Herm. Um, <laughs> I'm I'm taking some big leaps this episode, <laughs> and I don't feel like it's working. So as we record, there have been three episodes out. So right. we're gonna spoil what's in the first three 
or what's in the comic probably it will yeah. who knows but we're gonna talk about a little bit of it yeah. um it's a superhero story but not really um the original comic was about it was that 80s thing of trying to be grim and gritty and what would what would it be like to be a superhero what would an actual superhero psychologically physically mentally uh, emotionally like what would the, being a vigilante how would that you know how would that wear on you and what kind of person would put on a mask and go out in the dark and beat people up and so who, it's and, trying to be that, right. that realistic grounded thing. and how much uh, leeway would these people have to do what they wanted to do right yeah and it deals with the, the, the politics of the day and the mm-hmm. and the, how they were viewed by the public and the media so you know the the original comic is dense and it has a lot to say and not all the heroes are good guys not, I don't know if any of the, any right, of the yeah, hero, quote yeah. unquote heroes are good right. guys the protagonists um, and it has a ton of memorable characters and and now we have like you said we are in it was written in uh, it came out in 1985 through 86 yeah um, and it was set during that time so now we're to present day it's this this show is set in 2019 and everything that happened in the 80s you know they didn't condense time at all so the characters have aged mm-hmm. the society has gone on and we're but it's, telling a modern story yeah but it, it keep you have to keep in mind it's an alternate reality you know this was a, a reality that um we won the vietnam war and what you know nixon ran five terms or whatever mm-hmm. um so it yeah Certain things are not the same, portrayed the same. I don't know that there's really an internet at this point. In no, this new no. Series. They have they're working phones, on it or something. They they have well they have pagers. Yeah. Um. They're. Do we get into PDpedia already? <laughs> Do it. <laughs> All right. HBO and the comic came out as twelve. And most people know it as a graphic novel. But it this came is out. the most famous. Yeah. I don't know if famous. I tried to explain it to somebody the other day. I was like, "Oh, I'm watching Watchmen," and I, and you know, which is appropriate. And then I, I was like, "It's not based on the most famous graphic novel of all time." Never heard of it. I was like, "Okay, famous is maybe not the way to say it." Most uh, highly lauded, yeah. most made, critically acclaimed. It made the Time Magazine top 100 novels right. of all time. So mm-hmm. like, yeah, it's the only comic. Yeah. On the list. <laughs> yeah, to make that so. Yeah. So, at the end of every issue in the comic, there was this bonus material. It was an interview with someone or a newspaper article. It just kind of, it was world building. It was creating some extra content to get a flavor of what that world is like. Well, HBO has done the cool thing of also doing that. Uh, HBO.com slash PDpedia. P-E-T-E-Y-P-E-D-I-A. I'll link to it in the notes. Um, agent Dale Petey is an FBI agent who is the information technology administrator for the FBI's anti-vigilante task force. So this is basically, we're looking at his notes. And he's a character who shows up in the third episode. Right. Uh, sidekick now to um, Gene Smart's character. But uh, he is kind of an expert on the past of the Watchmen, right? So he's a, he's a historian, and like he he worried about the pop culture of it all. So it is doing a good job of world building, and like it was explaining Gene Smart's character, Lori Blake. Like I knew she was in this from reading this, which I was a little bit like, ah, I kind of would have been rather mm. been surprised, but whatever. So it has given away a few things. Uh, it cements that there was a squid attack. Right. Which is what happens in the comics, but not, not in, in the, the movie. movie. Right. Yeah. So the comics, if you're unfamiliar, uh, I think the movie had Doctor Manhattan as this giant threat that would cause the Americans and the Russians to to forget the Cold War and band together to fight Doctor Manhattan. Uh, the comic had an extra dimensional threat: this giant squid monster that uh, Ozymandias created as a fiction to come through to our dimension so they have labeled that the dimensional incursion event and that created uh the technology of the day if you remember the comic i go back and just saying remember the comic but uh dr manhattan changed the world all the cars were electric everything was futuristic we had you know blimps and airships and yeah. because we ran on clean 
Manhattan energy. Well, after this happens, people freak out, as well as the cancer threat. Because right. the way they got rid of Manhattan, everyone who hung around with Dr. Manhattan said they had cancer. So the, all this free technology he gave them might either cause you cancer or it might have ripped the, open the fabric of the universe. So people freaked out and they tore down all the infrastructure, destroyed their computers, phones, and towers. And so now we're behind. So the, it's the modern day, but the technology is just catching up to yeah. probably the 80s or 90s. <laughs> Who There's so much. There's on. so much. Know, so like... start at the beginning. So <laughs> episode one starts out in uh, 1921 Tulsa. Anybody here aware? I felt bad. Yeah. I did too. Uh, I had Black no Wall idea. Street, they called it. Yeah, yeah, Black Wall Street. This is I, a real thing that happened. This really happened. So yeah, the, the show starts out... Um, there are riots and people being shot in the street and airplanes flying over and bombing yeah. people. And I thought, what a preposterous thing right. for them to be dropping bombs from the sky. In what a watch many type yeah. thing. That actually happened. That happened here. Yeah. People threw bombs out of airplanes. Like, it feels yeah. like a comic book villainy plot. So what had happened was at the time, um, Tulsa, Oklahoma had a district uh, that was basically african-american and it was the was prosperous it was pro they were thriving they were they had money and power and a bunch of white people came in and attacked them and blew it up now in the show i i I said told you guys i was like that felt like a very superman-ish origin story because we had this child what was his name do you know I don't remember, but he, they, his parents tried to save him and put him in a box in the back of a uh, stagecoach or whatever, you know, wagon or whatever, and there hide him and send him off with a note on him from him, watch this boy or whatever. Yeah. Watch, watch over this boy. Yeah. yeah. Which again, is yeah. that mm-hmm. right? Is that watch over this boy? Watch over this boy. Like, right. We don't know what that note even means, but and and uh, and then he ends up crashing in a field and all this. I'm just like. This this feels very Supermanish. What he had been studying also, this given he was sitting watching a a movie, and about a real guy that had lived. Bass um, Reeves. Yeah, and I, I was like, I learned so much. You know? <laughs> See, I knew about him because of Justified. Oh, okay. Uh, there's some aside on that show. It's like, has anybody ever told Denzel about Bass Reeves? Because hmm. you know, why has there not been a movie? This is the guy whose life uh, became like the Lone Ranger was based on this yeah. guy. Yeah, as an African American U.S. Marshal who who just had these mythic adventures, and we barely heard of him. Right. So yeah, in this reality. That person got his due and was on the screen and inspiring people at a young age. So it's the the race relation stuff in the show is very front and center. And oh, it happened to come out uh, the week our president said he was being lynched on yeah. Twitter, and it got kind of a mm-hmm. backlash of like you don't understand what that, what that means to certain people. And so I was I swear I was watching I think it was CNN. There was a commentator on there who said, quote, Americans don't know their own bloody history. And he basically said, you know, until you saw it on Watchmen. He, the guy on yeah, CNN talked about Watchmen yeah. and seeing, you know, this Tulsa thing. And it, I felt bad. It's like, yeah. I had, I didn't know about that. No, yeah. I, I, I immediately, I had to look it up. Yeah. I, so they hid, you know, they just hid things from us. And, it, you know, they didn't want us to know, the general public. And even the things. history that was written called it a race riot. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, what does that mean? Right. Race riot has a connotation that makes the of violence the minorities look bad, not right. massacre. Right. So yeah, uh, it's causing. It's already you know we're five minutes into the show and I'm already <laughs> like there's so much to sink your teeth into. Yes, uh, very. Yeah. Dense. Oh, the white guilt's just flowing out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, but people don't like that because that's not their Watchmen. Yeah. It's like, yeah. did they read the original comic book? I said, sat in the eighties and all the you know, Reagan economics and Margaret Thatcher's Britain and like it was steeped in that stuff. The right. Cold War, Vietnam, right. like that's what this show was. And mm-hmm. we're not dealing with that stuff today. Right. You know, Russia, who's even thought about Russia in years? But we're <laughs> <laughs> we're dealing with other stuff. And I think this show is doing a decent job out of the gate yeah. being relevant. 
Mm-hmm. Not preaching and not saying here's how you have to believe. Because I don't know who's the good guy or the bad guy on this. Mm-hmm. Like, the cops aren't good guys. Right. The 7th Cavalry that they're going up against are definitely not good guys. So it's not you know pointing you in a direction of what to think or how to feel. It's laying it all out there. And you have to figure it out yourself. And I that's good television. And so, okay, in this timeline, they uh, there was a attack by the 7th Cavalry, correct? Was that the White Knight? Yeah, the White Knight. It was on Christmas Eve. and they Christmas kit- Eve of 2016. And according to Pete, Petey, uh, there were three survivors. Judd Crawford. Mm-hmm. Don Johnson's character. Don Johnson's mm-hmm. character. Angela. Uh, Angela. Regina King. Regina King's character. And I'm not sure if they said who the third They was. haven't said yet. No. So that's, that's canon. There's a third survivor. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because they were uh, police, they were attacked. Yeah. Right. Every, so every, they, all the police were killed. Right. 40, 40 killings or 40 shootings or whatever on Christmas Eve night, which prompted by people dressed in Rorschach masks. Right. Right. Called the 7th Cavalry. And so, and they, so they are now the police wear masks, which is a nice twist. Uh, so they don't know their identities, so they can't hurt them or their families, which is the whole reason that right. every comic book yeah. you know hero ever wore a mask is so they didn't you know yeah, get so their the, families hurt. And now the but the detectives can like that you know the higher level can have even ide- secret identities have like you know there's several different ones that she uh, yeah, it seems like every, there's they're very against vigilantes. Oh, but yes. it's okay if you're part of the police. Right. Like they encourage this, yeah. this extra level. Yeah, and what all once we know about she's sister she's Knight. Sister Knight. Sister Knight. Which is cool. Spray paints her eyes. She yeah, dresses so she looks like a nun. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna be cosplayed <laughs> oh my God. for the rest yes. of the time. That's a good look. Right. And that's then definitely. that's my gonna be my go to. That or the red scare. Yeah, the red scare. <laughs> that's an easier that's an easier yeah. I can find me a track. That's more of a budget. That's a cosplay on a budget. Yeah. Yeah. The red scare, he is a uh apparently Russian. He's a communist. Yeah. So we have to assume that Well right, yeah, never fell. The USSR whatever. still exists. They are an ally of ours now. Yeah. No, it had uh, the there was the pirate lady, Pirate Jenny. Yeah, which is a very black freighterish yeah character there. Um, which was the comic with or what? What? What, what was the? It was within the original comic. Comic yeah, within a, a comic. There's a kid in the comic because in a world with superheroes, they're not popular in mm-hmm. fiction. Right. We have real superheroes, so in fiction, pirates are the top thing. Everybody loves pirate stories. <laughs> Course. So we got a ta- a pirate comic within the comic as kind of a counterpoint with different plot lines and things. So yeah. So and then you have Looking Glass. Yeah, Looking, Looking Glass. Glass is um, that's mi- who I'm going to cosplay as. Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> if anybody knows what I'm saying, <laughs> I seriously, I was saying I cannot. I know that that's Tim Blake Nelson under that mask. Because Michael but Jeter has passed all I away. see is Michael Jeter because I can't see his face, and I've always got them kind of confused anyway. So I just like I think that's and Mister he played Mister Noodle's brother, Mister Noodle, on uh, Elmo on Sesame Street. Sesame Street, yeah. <laughs> so that's yeah. where I went with that. I mean, so I'm glad he takes he's taking his mask off more now because it's less right. it's bothering me less. And then you have Panda. Oh yeah, who panda. just has a big panda mask? Yeah, great. Okay, that's I love it. Um, so Sister Knight's a badass. Oh man, this is super cool. Yeah, uh, I like. She ran into Louis Gossett Jr. at her fake bakery, which is a front for her, like you know, her her little hideout, <laughs> you know, which is cool. Which that, that place is never going to open. Yeah, that was my biggest takeaway is, guys, I know it takes a long time to open a bakery. <laughs> <laughs> I have firsthand experience of how long it takes to open Do a bakery. Do you have a freaking secret hideout? I've been in there. You've even got like the things that you fight, the mannequins. Yeah, there's you mannequins buy. everywhere. You've got, you've got a cook machine from the 80s. <laughs> Technology has not gotten any further. <laughs> I'm going to have to explore a little more of my background. Wow. 
There's even a grave in there. Um, anyway, the... Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... Sister Knight, um, she apparently has a very close relationship with the chief of police, which is played right, by Don they're Johnson. One of, they're the, he's yeah. one of the other, only other survivors, mm-hmm. which he... Don Johnson's so good. I, you know... You know, we're spoiling this. And, you know, at the, if you've, I'm sure you've seen it. At the end of the first episode, he gets hung from a tree. He, he dies. And uh, I was just, of, like, so of, sad to see his character go. I'm sure yeah. he's going to appear in flashbacks and stuff. It kind of shocked me. And then you start to think, okay, that's exactly what happened to the comedian. Right. You yeah. kill him off in the first yeah. issue. But mm-hmm. he still looms over the whole so rest of the many, story. So much mirroring of this. Oh, and that, from and episode to episode, back to the comics. Oh, it's... When he's up, when he's hanging from the tree and that badge is laying on the ground and you see that drop, drip, of, that drop yeah. of blood come down over, I was like... <gasps> yeah. Oh, they're so, it's so well done. The uh, I told Jordan what freaked me out was because when Louis Costa Jr. asked her if he could lift 200 pounds, yeah. and at the end of that episode, I was like, he can lift 200 pounds. <laughs> it freaked me out. I was like, oh, my gosh, that's what he was talking about. Oh, it was so good. Yeah, so he gets killed, um, which, you know. And we find out Louis Costa Jr. is the boy from the beginning he's got the note on him at the end he's 105 years old now yeah yeah and we are we all taking everything at face value no that everything they're telling not everything, us everything not everything we have to we've i feel like we're going to make some mistakes in what we're guessing but i think that we have a lot of uh experience watching tv <laughs> and talking about tv and trying to be a little critical of it i i think we can see through some things, and some things are just face value. But I almost hate watching shows like that where I'm trying to, oh, I bet that's not what I'm really seeing. Right. Like, I want to mm-hmm. just experience it and not try to crack the code and everything yeah, yeah. I'm watching. Yeah. But Well, there is some in there, I think. Yeah, I think there is, too. But I do believe that that is who he is. He is that character. I don't think they're messing with us as far as that. No. And then we found out later that she is... His granddaughter. All, you know, she's his granddaughter. Yeah. So, there you know, there's going to be a lot of things like that that we find out. The um, and there is definitely something up with it. I mean, that scene where he he reaches into the boiling, yeah, he pulls a egg uh, out of a uh, boiling uh, pot of water. <laughs> well, I was telling Jordan, I think that he is hooded justice. I've heard that too. Yeah, you know, because he has the noose. Mm-hmm. You know, you know, he's uh. Where's that red jacket mm-hmm. and everything? I mean, they're, they're obviously trying to mirror that. And I, I think that's a face value thing. Like, yeah. they're hiding it a little bit, you know, type thing. It feels like that's got to be what he yeah. was, and who that was. Because in the comics, it wasn't really a In the clear. comic, you learn about this first generation of heroes. <clears throat> and I think we they pretty much told everyone's secret identity, except for Hooded Justice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a German circus strongman was killed he, he refused to yeah this is basically the mccarthyism like all the heroes had to go forward and reveal their identity and he's the one that didn't and he just disappeared and was never seen again so the theory hollis mason puts in his book that he thinks it was this german guy but i said if a show wants to change squeeze the character that's the one you could easily do because no one knew who he was yeah. so it wouldn't mess the, the fans oh no you've ruined you've you've retconned hooded justice's yeah. origin i, I don't the, think they i would. guarantee yeah. they are doing that you are <laughs> totally wrong they are upset that their german guy is not hooded justice. yes yeah. but the uh the show in the show they're doing this wonderful thing where in the show there's a there's a television program called american hero story and we're seeing bits and pieces of it, but it is done like the Zack Snyder movie. <laughs> that might be my favorite thing of all three episodes. Yeah, that was they awesome. shot it in that slow. <laughs> when he jumps through the window. <laughs> that's so good. Ultra stylized, ultra violent. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I yeah. think that that's quick, a nod, quick, but also a dig. Like, oh, it's kind of a dig yeah. at Zack Snyder. If some, if they had come out and said, "Hey, Zack Snyder, f- film that those." I would have been like, yeah, I could totally tell. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was awesome. But then, okay, Don Johnson, he, he's drinking from an owl mug on his desk. He's he has, flies an owl ship. He has Hollis Mason's book under the hood on his desk. 
And so, like, the show's, oh, do you think he might be Night Owl? Is he changed that? So, like... He's definitely not. So, I don't... No. I don't want to do that with every character. No. It's I don't fun. Think, I think that's it, obviously it's not. He's... He... His... I think his ship was even, like, white. And he, you know, his version of that Night, night Owl ship. But it's just like, he's a... He clearly... We're, gonna, we're finding out, at least they're more than hinting at, that... He's got. He was part of the. You know, he's got a KKK outfit yeah. and things. So, kind of pointing that the systemic racism in the police mm-hmm. force and things. And you know, he. We're gonna find out more about his character. Well, I think, I think was, but not that he's the owl. We find out in the third episode that the owl night owl's in jail. Right. Exactly. So we see the owl in the cage. Yeah. You know, yeah. Laurie's got the owl, but. And I think it's pretty safe to, to assume that if... Because Night Owl, the character, was all about gadgets and he had the ship and stuff. But I think... Uh, or Night Owl, too. too um, I think by... If he's if he's been in jail for 30 years or whatever, it's yeah. very... You know, it's we can assume that, well, the government has taken his te- technology and obviously used some of it. Yeah, Agent Petey says Dan Dreberg and Lori Blake were arrested in 1995 for violating the Keene Act. So. Which, Keen, that is the... No uh, Vigilantes. Uh, no Vigilantes, yeah. where that's that's in place as Watchmen, the book began. And we have uh, his, his son his or son. grandson, Joe. Is yeah, it, it's his Joe, son. Senator Joe Keen. That's kind of the... Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, basically, so Lori, Silk Spectre, instead of going to jail, she went to work for the government. And right. apparently Dan wouldn't compromise, so... They've been estranged for all these years. Dan's been in prison, and she's been reluctantly working with the FBI. Yeah. But, and Gene Smart was so great. That third episode is the best so far. That really surprised me, like, how good she was. Well, we, did her. you not watch any of Legion? No. She was, that show, we, we've, you know, I've talked about before, you watch more of it than I did. Very stylized, and there's a lot of good about it, but it's more mystery than substance. But she was great in it. I honestly, I don't think I've seen her in anything. Except well, every episode of Design Women, because right. I'm sure you watched it religiously <laughs> like he and here, I. I'm going to drop a mic right here. Okay. I'm going to say Gene Smart deserves what the world has given Betty White. Okay. <laughs> I'm with you. Because Gene Smart, Betty White's great. But she's not doing but anything she, Betty like White this. has become she's just old. iconic. Mm-hmm. Whereas Gene Smart also played a dumb person in an 80s sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And has gone on Fargo. Yeah. Killed it. Legion. Yeah. And one episode of this, like, she has chops. She's the best part of three great shows. Yes. Yes. So Gene Smart That's is where I, it's at. I, I'm like, I'm scared. I want to see what else she could do. Like, but I feel like this is the sweet spot. She is so good on a TV show like this. On you know, on premium television that I just, just keep putting her on her. I want, I hope she's all through this. You know, luckily she's playing a very main character. Yeah. It was awesome. Uh, yeah. So she, she comes in and she's just taking on everybody and pretty much winning at least until she meets sister Knight. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what happened in the second episode? I well, meanwhile, we're seeing Jeremy Irons. Yeah, we haven't talked about. I would, I'm just trying. I would really like to develop a Jeremy Irons voice for when I'm old. <laughs> he has the best voice. He's got like a uh, sophisticated Christopher Lloyd voice. <laughs> I mean, he really sounds like Christopher Lloyd, only not silly. Yeah. Jeremy Irons deserves everything Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, <laughs> he's great. So they took two and a half episodes to not name him. Mm-hmm. But they made it very obvious who he was, so I'm not sure what the swerve yeah. was there. But uprides Jeremy Irons on a pale horse, mind you. Yep. <laughs> and I'm just fascinated. What is <laughs> what is happening? He's living on this weird estate. No idea. He's either a prisoner yeah. or he's tra- he's stranded somewhere. Is he on Earth? Is he on Mars? Is he in the past or the future? 
We he's, don't he's on his own show right now. We, yeah. yeah, he is. Yeah. He's on some sort of different timeline because we've seen every each of the first three episodes. He, you know, he has an anniversary of something uh, of being mm-hmm. there. I assume he's got. They bring him a cake with one candle, yeah. then two, then three, and he's creating all these clones and doing experiments. He, he. <laughs> I assume he's trying to do exper- do something to get. Oh, out of wherever but, he is. But he's trying to re like the recreation doing the play of of Doctor Manhattan's origin. Like he's obsessed. He seems obsessed with that with Doctor Manhattan. But I. But it, it, the more I see it, it looks like yeah, I agree. I I'm not sure what the ultimate goal is, but it looks like he's using that play as a excuse to do the to create technology with what he has where he's at to create something to go underwater or something to get off of this island or what is he doing or is it a space suit to get off mars what is he doing jordan yeah, we don't i don't know. know but i mean that don't you feel like that's he's he only has so much uh materials there or whatever and yeah. yeah so in the third episode he comes right out and says he is adrian veidt yeah who was ozymandias puts famously, on an outfit famously the smartest man in the world also an outfit Zack snyder wouldn't let him wear the original he had, oh, he had really? to be much cooler so yes. he's wearing the original comic version nice. so he's i'm taking it again at face value he yeah. says he's we assume, right, so, at this point we have yeah. no reason not to think yeah. that that's why complicated any more than that mm-hmm. is that how could anyone enjoy the show if you had not read the comics and seen the movie um, yeah, I don't. So I don't complicating know. it even further for people that haven't seen it are that would be ridiculous. Yeah. Uh yeah. What what we say on the second episode? Uh, second episode. Uh, Sister Knight Perlmutter's a coffee cup. Yeah. <laughs> steals his DNA. Yep. Yeah. And goes to Henry Louis Gates and finds out <laughs> that she is the granddaughter. Uh, we have that uh, we meet Joe Keen. Is that where the who we saw? Is the, that where the no? That's not the funeral. That was the third episode. No, that's the third episode. But we there was that painting with the martial martial feats of Comanche horsemanship. Now he gifted that or whatever. It, I'm not sure. I, uh, Pedia. Let me go back to there was an article or a, a letter written to Judd that 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 painting was supposed to be handed down to like the chief of police or what, whatever yeah. his right. commissioner, whatever he is. That 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 painting symbolizes the, the duty and the what's needed. So like, and who wrote the letter? Uh, the whoever was the guy before him. <laughs> hmm. Okay, well he signed it, A K I A. Like that was the uh, like you know from or yours truly or whatever. A K I A, which is a Klansman I am. Ooh. Yeah. So. Yikes. Yeah. So hmm. it's just more of that. In the police force or whatever, but uh, I did see someone say that because they're trying to interpret what this painting's supposed to mean, and it's a bunch of um, uh, like Native Americans Comanche. fighting on yeah, yeah Comanche on white horses. Some of them I don't know what I can't can barely picture the painting at this point, but they were saying like uh, symbolizing uh, the you know police hiding behind the whiteness and things. I don't well, know. It, it's interesting because if you go back to that. That movie clip, the the Bass Reeves clip, he's all in black, and the bad guy sheriff is on a white horse and dressed in white. Oh yeah, and then we have the painting. Yeah, <laughs> layers, man. Yeah. Layers. I know that little. I know you can tell a lot of this is way more thought out than that, but I. Don't lendle off me, lendle well, off. Don't then, do don't do where we analyze it like yeah, I did uh, at the water cooler or watching also Lost. With, with Ozymandias, he's on the white horse and the game warden is on the black horse. Yeah. Ooh. So it's all about horses. Yeah. But there's also all these clones. <laughs> who who is the who is the game warden? Is this one of those clones? You know, is I don't know. I don't I don't He's know. the original Mr. Phillips. Anyway. Waiting on Mrs. Yeah, that is Crookshank. is is uh, is Adrian a prisoner, say, of Doctor Manhattan or someone else, or is he or, like or some did he kind of self-imposed? Yeah, did he create? He killed millions of people. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the good guy. He thinks it was worth it. He justifies it, but he might think this was his. 
you know, penance that he has to yeah. get there. But then again, how? Why would he? Why would be trying he be to trying escape? to get? Yeah, I don't keep know. his mind sharp. I, I don't know. Seat your cake. <laughs> slap it out of here. <laughs> so tons of Easter eggs. Uh, we had the many yeah, the of the scenes trans, transition. Uh, the comic famously, you know, the end of one panel on the one page when you flip the page would transition. You know, the art would mirror that somehow. So this show does that constantly. You'll see it, you know, a headlight of a car shining and it'll transition to a flashlight from a copper. You know, mm-hmm. so it, it does the it does the scene transitions as close as you could do that to what happened. A lot of faces going into other faces and the connections between them. So sometimes when I see someone's face go to someone else's and I can't immediately think of a connection, I'm like, I know there's gotta be one there. Like what does this person have to do with this person? We had the literal Easter eggs making the smiley face. That was so great. That was so great. She's even talking about taking the, got to separate the color, you know, this from the white and stuff and all this. And I was like, that's the most Easter egginest (laughs) thing I've ever seen. Uh, Back of a classroom had the anatomy of a squid poster. Uh, One of the assassins took the poison pill, like the uh, the, Mm. uh, cyanide capsule. Even the the map in the classroom was not the way our map looks. It was Africa was in the center of the map, probably more realistic to how it actually looks. And the American flag is different because, like, Vietnam is a state. Oh, yeah. more than 50 states. Way more stars. Mm. Except at the 7th Cavalry place because they don't recognize it. They've got a regular flag or whatever. (laughs) And I noticed sometimes they say, they pronounce it Calvary. That's just because people are stupid. Okay. That has bugged me my whole life. Okay. And I, and I literally think they just don't correct these actors. Okay. They let them say it just because they know in the real world people say that wrong all yeah. the time. It's like Calvary is where Jesus was crucified. Right. And cavalry is what you're trying to say, yeah. dummies. Right. Which horses. <laughs> the, the seventh cavalry was Custer's. Right. Last yeah. Group. Yeah. And then, you know, you get a text, Little Bighorn. So right. we're dealing with. Yeah, there was something yeah. else, uh, Custer. Oh, it had to do with. Uh, oh, I know what. That uh, at the funeral, they sang that song about his last. Yeah. I think it's Gene Autry or whatever. And it, it's there's a movie or whatever where they sing at, oh. at the gravesite. And. It has to do with so Custer yeah. stuff. So he was doing. It's another thing linking him to the. I can't cavalry. tell you how much I love stuff like that. Oh my gosh, it's so good. <laughs> Where it means nothing to the overall plot yeah. enjoyment, but just there's a little layer to. If you yeah. dig just a tiny bit, there's get along, something new. Little doggy, get along, get along, get along, little doggy, get along, get along, little doggy, get along, get along. So, yeah, uh, we had the New Frontiersmen and Nova Express newspapers we saw. Classic uh, right-wing and Mm. (laughs) left-wing media outlets from the comic. We had the Black Freighter Inn and Suites, Mm -hmm. where she stayed, pirate-themed. Robert Redford is the president. We had graffiti, F. Redford and things. So, uh, the book ends. Nixon has been president for decades and it says maybe the actor will give it a try, and it had the RR. Mm-hmm. You think Ronald Reagan? Right. That no, was actually Robert Redford. Yeah. Uh, they 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 conclude their meeting with the Latin phrase "Who watches the Watchmen?" Yeah, that's the police phrase. Mm-hmm. Which "Who watches the Watchmen?" is you know who, it's about who who watches the police who are you know yeah. Who yeah. watches the people who are watching us, and then have to have the police appropriate that? Right. <laughs> I hope that's you know they deal with that. We're like that you know. Oh, I that's think not they're for you. You're using. I our feel play. like they're gonna. They're, there's gonna be some. Uh, it's gonna catch up with them. <laughs> uh, what else do we have? Uh, oh, the second episode. Somebody says nothing ever ends, which that's how the comic basically ended with. Ozymandias saying, well, tell me it all came out right in the end, right? And yeah. Manhattan says, nothing ever ends. So that's sort of his you don't get a happy ending, mm-hmm. Adrian. Screw you. And when she was that whole third episode, when I did, I had not read the P- PDPedia. I did not know that's who she was. 
I was watching and I'm like realizing who she is and she's talking about uh, checking the closet and stuff and I'm like realizing you know she is the comedian's daughter and I'm just like oh this is blowing my mind the whole time and just she's telling a joke through the whole episode and you know each of the jokes she's you know through the one joke talking about going to you know talking to God or whatever and you know talking about uh well, it's interesting. They have these booths that broadcast to Mars to, for Dr. Manhattan yeah. here, which is essentially it's Manhattan's a god, and this is your confessional. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, can, yeah you can talk to God, get things off your chest. And she's talking to him, telling him this joke. And it just blew my mind, the whole thing. Yeah, I was just so impressed by that whole episode. Yeah. Setting in front of the pop art picture you know the warhol picture in her house and with her head right in front of where her head went she moved around i was like oh my gosh this is so good. you got the owl in the cage named who which is such a comedian thing to do that's uh that's you know abbott costello and owl in the cage and a dick in the box yeah the and, and it's pop art you know it's in that pop art form i was like gosh i just feel they are just on all cylinders, just I'm so scared for something to go wrong. I'm, I mean, I I'm already scared that it's going to be so big they're going to be like, "Yep, we're okay. Well, it's going to do more seasons, and then it'll just go downhill." Because they've set the bar so high. Well, that's that was my problem with Lost, that it just kept throwing new things. It never mm-hmm. went back and solved any old things. Right. So we're we're right now on the heaping new things in a pile. Which is great. I'm excited. So yeah. let's hope we pay some of those off. Yeah. But she ended her joke with roll on snare drum, curtains, good joke. Which yeah. is word for word how mm-hmm. Rorschach tells the, the Pagliacci joke in right. the comic. And she also says something about being a Republic serial villain, which is the famous... I'm not a Republic serial villain. I did it 35 minutes ago. Yeah, The, the most famous panel in the book. Yeah. So yeah, we're getting word for word quotes from the comic... But you don't have to know that. You got the newsstand guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's it's just capturing that the right feel without being beholden. It's not you know, it's not slavishly telling the same. Yeah, story. it's not Zack Snydering it like trying to panel for panel do things. You know, <laughs> where this is such a higher level. But there's people who don't like it. Um... I never felt so seen as when we got a post this week from our silver silver level patron. <laughs> yeah, sorry, that's a joke. Um, Justin Lowe, I see you. When 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 you used, I'm a big fan of hyperbole. Famously, well known across the earth. <laughs> um, anyway, as the most important thing yes, ever. Yeah. Uh, anyway, what he said, I've, I don't know if I get the quote exactly right. What did he say? He you, would. We could. Yeah. Let's uh, pause. What, what stays on the. What yeah, that's, the that's better. Yeah, okay. Basically, he said <laughs> he'd given up on all of humanity. <laughs> and I was like, wow. We, he's on the exact same page as me. It's a little late. <laughs> But because of, I gave up a long time ago. <laughs> because of the criticism this show right, is getting. Yeah, yeah. And if you don't like a show, that's, that's fine. fine. I'm, not, I'm not here to convince you to like a show. Although I, that's we have a podcast about that. But yeah. like, you don't have to like what I like. But li- dislike it for a good reason. <laughs> People have bad reasons for disliking stuff. Right. So there was an article. It was one of those clickbaity web- comic websites. And it was like... Watchmen shedding viewers. People aren't happy, or whatever the headline was. They're like, watch, you know, infuriated audience leaves in droves. And it was so, uh. the first episode had 1.5 million viewers across all the HBO platforms, which is down from Game of Thrones. You know, Game of Thrones is the well, biggest. Oh, it's not Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh my god! So first episode had 1.5 million. The second episode had 1.3. And oh the, boy! And his live viewership was seven hundred ninety-nine thousand down to seven hundred sixty-five thousand. So, yeah, people mm-hmm. watched the first one. Not everybody came back. 
I don't know that that means we're st- oh, we're going away. In that a means pump. not everybody knows what Watchmen. Is. I think that's I think that's the biggest thing that, yeah. that's going to be a problem for this show is that it was made for us, right. not ninety percent of the population. So, but the viewership that was better than Succession had in their season finale, which was that same time slot, right, was about twenty percent better than Succession's numbers. But there's that lingering thing of. I don't want to watch a show about race and yeah. reparations and politics. Mm-hmm. That's fine. If you want escapism, there's a lot of superhero stuff to watch. This is not that. But I don't think it's fair to say, don't be that. Yeah. You know, just don't watch it if you don't want... You don't know, watch The Watchmen. Ooh, who doesn't <laughs> watch The Watchmen? <laughs> Angry people on the internet. Oh, yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah, there's... Too much time to the dummies. But there's also people... Like defending the source material and being like, "Oh, Watchmen! You ruined Watchmen with this crap. This isn't what Watchmen is." You know, it's like, "Have you read the Watchmen lately?" Yeah, I don't know. They want they want another adaptation of it, a direct adaptation. I don't know what they want. Well, yeah. they're. I mean, let's. They think, yeah. Oh, what was that? Those guys aren't on there. Yeah, it's like it's later. It's in the future. It's, it's not even that though. There's there's a percentage of people that read that book that think Rorschach is the hero and a great character. Yeah, besides I mean, he's a great fact, character, but okay. Besides the fact, a lot of these people are on the show, and they're going yeah. to be like you've already. Yeah, they're going to deal with everybody. You've already got Ozymandias and her, and that, and you know that you know seventy-year-old Night Owl's got to. Yeah, he's get coming out of jail. Out of jail. <laughs> it's like it's going to happen. Oh, we have to cast him at some point. We have oh, to figure, we gotta figure oh out my who gosh, play, who should play him? I think but no, be that, Robert you know, Redford. That cl- <laughs> I would love him to be on this show. Will yeah, he cl- show up at some point? I doubt it, I but doubt I would it. I would love A it. really grizzly bearded, yeah. the, like the Jeremiah Johnson gif. <laughs> <laughs> he just nods the duck. Yeah, yeah that's, that's all I need. That would be, wow, that would be the best. <laughs> I was, I did say, I remember commenting to you guys in our chat that my fav- one of my favorite nods was at the end of episode three when Petey sleeps with Lori and he has a mask on because he knows so much of the history that that's the only way that it turns her her on is because her night owl had the thing that, you know, be costumed up and stuff. I was like, that is the perfect (laughs) Easter egg. That was so good. Uh, Yeah, Cliff pointed out that uh, that's another reason people are... uh, upset is the 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 stuff with Rorschach mm-hmm. and making the seventh cav cavalry <laughs> cavalry making those re- gonna make, he's gonna think up. about it every yeah. time he says it now. Making them white supremacists and saying Rorschach's not a white supremacist, he's a hero. <laughs> well mm. I wouldn't go so far as hero. So how dark is on the highway last night? Soon the accumulated black filth will be hosed away, and the streets of Tulsa will turn into extended gutters, overflowing with liberal tears. Soon all the whores and race traitors will shout, save us, and we will whisper, how? We are the Senate of Cavalry. We are no one. We are everyone. We are invisible. And we will never compromise. Do not stand between us and our mission, or there will be more dead cops. There are so many deserving of retribution, and there is so little time. And that time is near. Rorschach is the breakout character of Watchmen. Yes. He's ever, I'll say everyone. He's many people's favorite character. Me. He is probably my favorite character. He is fascinating. I, I, his, I say his Herm character. every day. <laughs> That's the truth. I eat beans every day. <laughs> no. Uh, but to me, that's people maybe not getting... The character, yeah, fully, right, right. which I hate saying, oh, you don't understand it as deeply as I do. Mm-hmm. But you know, these characters are Alan Moore's take on 
vigilantes and heroes and costumed adventurers that they're not good people. They're not healthy people. They're not people to be emulated. They have issues. Yes. And Rorschach chief among them. And there are flat out obvious places in the texts of, you know, he it's Rorschach's journal. We're reading his thoughts. Right. And he's being very sexist or racist or homophobic. There's things in the book where he is, you know, he's a white supremacist. Well, in in this show, they're reading word for word yeah. out of Rorschach's journal. And I'm like, what don't you get? <laughs> and I think some of that probably goes to Zack Snyder leaving yeah, all that, that out. out of the movie. Mm-hmm. And because... Rorschach is a critique of... There are Charlton characters from the comics. He's the question. Right. The question was created by Steve Ditko, who is a follower of Ayn Rand, who has this objectivist philosophy, this hard right, uh, very stringent conservatism. Conservatism? Disney. Calvary? Disney. Calvary? (laughs) Uh, Where there's no gray area. There is right and there is wrong. It's your object. There, reality is objective, and that's the question. You know, it's it's that that vigilante who you know you're either a criminal, you're innocent, or you're guilty. There's no right. great. There's no extenuating circumstances. And Zack Snyder is a you know he he's publicly talked about you know his love for Ayn Rand and following that sort of belief structure. So he's not going to make a movie that criticizes Rorschach. So. Rorschach's really cool in the movie. <laughs> yeah. He's scaling walls and beating people up mm-hmm. and taking names and kicking butts. And, you know, like, he's the cool dude. And that's, I think, people's frame of reference. Yeah, right. Even if they've read the comic, this movie has superseded them. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, Rorschach is cool. It'd be great to kick a door in and, and not, you know, give no Fs and just go about your business. But there's a cost to that. And, yeah, that would be... The fallout from his journal, because that's that. And again, this is one downside to this. I love the ending of the book where Rorschach puts his journal in the mail, mails it to these journalists, and the guy pulls it out of the crank file. And you don't know is this going to get public? Are all these carefully laid plans going to collapse? And it's like it's nice not knowing. Now we've kind of put in concrete. Here's what happened. Mm. We've we've you know we've explained what has happened. So, uh, again, according to PTpedia, uh, the the New Frontiersman published excerpts from the journal in 1986. It was dismissed as either a hoax or the expression of mental illness, though it <laughs> remains an object of fascination for anti-government extremists. So they published it. It got out there. And like anything on the Internet, there's people who believe it, and there are people who immediately dismissed it and said, ah, whatever. But after... Uh, Night Owl and Silk Spectre were arrested in 95. It reignited the, the people's fascination with vigilantes. So the New Frontiersman published the journal in its entirety, became a bestseller, and you know people studied it, and it, it put it back into the, the mindset. So people with an anti-government or anti-authoritarian streak, would you would go that direction, and you would hear his words and it would inspire you and my my favorite thing they did in the supplemental material he's talking about american hero story and he's you know that he had seen the the episodes and he's kind of warning fellow fbi agents what might happen in the wake of this if it if it like you know like the book Mm -hmm. starts stoking interest in the because you know he's against masks Right. The FBI does not want these people around anymore. So it's like, we got to tamp this down a little bit. So he, he gives a memo to the FBI. We can expect the sensationalistic hyper-pop narrative that plays recklessly with history, proceeds from an overtly left-wing point of view, and risks alienating the fringe constituencies who regard costume adventurers with problematic reverence. So he's they're talking about... The HBO show here, which I, I love the, the meta narrative mm. of this. Because it's a period piece and fictionalizes real-world events enough to qualify as, quote, alternative history, it's possible contemporary audiences won't see any relevance to current circumstances or even take it seriously. However, given the reverence among certain conservatives for Edward Bleak and given the liberal perspective of the storytelling, we should expect a critical take on the comedian that might irritate and antagonize his fans. So that's basically saying 
there's a segment of the fan base who view these people as great heroes and these crazy liberal Hollywood types are going to besmirch them and there's going to be a backlash. And guess what happened to the <laughs> HBO show? Right. That's exactly what happened. Ah, uh, so many layers. <laughs> yeah. We haven't even talked about Topher. <laughs> All right. Well, we have now done an hour on Watchmen, at oh, least man. the first three episodes. So perfectly done. The clock has just struck. <laughs> We're two minutes to midnight. <laughs> oh, the visual. There's clocks everywhere, gears, yeah. and uh, every scene has little just feasts for the eyes. Yeah, know. it really is dense and. I, I wish I had more time in the day. I'd like to rewatch everything, you know. Yeah. Again. Yeah. I'm sure I'll go back and, and watch um, a little bit more before the whole thing's over with. Just trying to, when we get a little bit more re- revealed. I guess I, what I re- kind of regret about us dismissing it before it came out, being like, oh, well, we don't get our hopes up, so, you know, kind of subconsciously. If I had known it was going to be great. I would have reread Watchmen again. <laughs> yeah, I would have. You know, I would have readied myself for it. Now I just feel like it's coming on right, you know, in sweeps. There's all <laughs> kinds of stuff on. I'm like, ah. Yeah, I'm not convinced it's the best show ever, but I'm I'm enjoying it more and thinking about it more than basically anything on. If we were doing wild. a list, we, we did that list a few years ago of current shows on TV. This would be. Way up on my list, man. I'd, I'm. We may have to redo that list one of these days. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm. I would be interested in that. Okay. All right. Well, um, let's go ahead and let's sign off here. Yeah. Let's, let's so yeah, we hope thing. you like the show, or I hope you have HBO, or this would have been a waste of time. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so yeah, get HBO. Hope you're digging the Watchmen like we are. Thanks for listening. My name is Jordan. Hello. I'm Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. Erm. Forever. (laughs) Kapow! The Pop Culture Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udownwithkpp.com. Come on up, Shay. Oh, hi, Mr. No... Mr. Noodle, what's going on? Well, Dorothy has a question, Mr. Noodle. Please come down. Oh, good. The rest of Mr. Noodle. (laughs) Now what's going on? Mr. Noodle's brother, Mr. Noodle. His family. <laughs> oh, come on down, Mr. Noodle. Dorothy has a question about family. <laughs> Boy, they sure are glad to see each other. <laughs> Mr. Noodles, Dorothy wants to know, what do you like to do with your family? I think they like to dance. Rubber band dance. Noodles! A noodle dance! <laughs> <laughs> a noodle family dance! Let's see it! The Noodle Brothers can remember their family dance. in the club.
shall I begin? You think it's cavalry? That would be the obvious conclusion. Did he suffer? Yep. His car's up the road there. Tires blown out with the spike strip. Intermuscular hemorrhage, fractured laryngeal skeleton, and ligature marks are all consistent with violent asphyxiation. Most of his palms got rope burns. He's got fibers in his fingernails. He was alive the whole time. Until he wasn't. You was with him last night. What? The chief. When I called Jane to notify, she said that they were over at y'all's house for supper. Yeah. Was she acting strange? What do you mean? You know what strange means. Was he drunk? No. Mm -hmm. A couple glasses of wine, maybe. Was he high? He might have done some blow. Sounds like quite a party. My kids were there. Your kids? You, you shiny What are you interrogating me now? Why would I interrogate you? Your cold mother glass. Then why am I crying under here?